welcome to Advanced Neuroeducation Podcasts. Informative, interesting topics, guests, and a bit of brainstorming, and sometimes we even have a bit of fun. So, here we go. Hello, my name is James McLaughlin. Welcome back to Advanced Neuroeducation Podcasts. Finally, we are back on track in 2023 after a bit of a layoff because, um, to be honest, it's been very, very busy. Um, And I suppose the strength of these podcasts and some of the educational stuff we do is because we are busy clinicians. And uh, it's been no exception that... um, Patients come first and trying to sort things out and staffing and make sure everything's all right with uh, what we're doing at our clinic at Advanced Neuro Rehab. Um, um, it, well, it's just it's just been crazy busy, busy in a good way, but it just means that it's, um, as we prepare a lot of the work we've been doing also, the podcast uh, slipped away a little bit, but we've got plenty of podcasts coming up. Today, we're gonna to talk about brain domains, um, improving the standards for brain injury and things that we're learning from the concussions world and concussion has been consuming a lot of my time having um, been doing a bit of media lately a bit of tv a bit of radio um i must admit uh, this uh, celebrity style thing um doesn't really doesn't really suit me but um it's a it's certainly an interesting experience it's really good to be able to promote a lot of this proactive stuff we're doing concussion um, and the next podcast, in fact, we will also be talking about concussion only because the AFL guidelines 2023 for um, the elite level, AFL and AFLW level have come out. And we're just going to have a review of those and, and look at what's, um, what's developed in terms of the guidelines, knowing that guidelines are really important um, as we move forward. And as AFL being an important um, body in Australia to lead by example for best practice. So we've been spending a lot of time also developing our comprehensive management of concussion online course with our clinical lead, Liz Jemson-Ledger, who's doing, been doing a lot of work on our clinical um, and our protocols for best concussion care. So together we've been able to put together some really good um, clinical material um, that will be useful for all kinds of health professionals comprehensively looking at all the aspects of management of concussion. So our clinic, Advanced Neuro Rehab, has a long history of vestibular neurological rehab. We've come at it from the lens of probably more the persistent symptoms in concussion, but we're spending more time now working with uh, concussion at the acute and subacute phase and also spending time with um, sporting bodies and, and these kinds of things, which draws a lot of attention because obviously sport in Australia is uh is king and so we um it's it's gaining a lot of attention advanced so advanced neuroeducation obviously we've got many courses coming up but this will be the longest one we've made so far so it's probably about 12 hours of material so it's the first of the super super comprehensive courses other ones have been comprehensive but in short in smaller chunks but we feel like this one had to be done um in a to make sure that we've covered a lot of the material 
for, for um, contemporary practice and with so much evidence we thought we would get out a really comprehensive course. Um, and the other thing we've started is a thing called Your Brain Health. So it's a brand new thing. We've actually two physiotherapy clinics in Adelaide have combined together to say, let's build up a Your Brain Health network where we're involved in building a community of practice around concussion care. Um, and we've told Your Brain Health, because we know we'll start with concussion, we'll probably move into other areas of brain health as well. Um, but concussion care is important, and I think we'll talk about, we'll, we'll use collaboration, community of practice, we'll try and bring in researchers as well to help them uh, get the word out for what they're doing. And also, we're getting involved in baseline testing, which is becoming more of a normal practice in concussion, and certainly a big part of uh, our practice going forward in terms of um, getting involved in education support um, and baseline testing for things like schools and, and sporting clubs. Um, so as that evolves, we are spending more time. So we are well and truly immersed in the whole concussion world. And what we have, what the course is in, involved with and what we are keen on it doing is promoting the multimodal aspect of c concussion care. And what do we mean by multimodal? Well, we mean by looking at all the different domains that are affected after a brain injury and make sure we look at them adequately and manage them to their best level. So that means there's things we can do, you can do in your clinic as you gain those skills and there's people you're going to have to refer to. So in our practice with these things, we will look at gait and balance and coordination, of course, uh, as neurological physiotherapists. We'll look at vestibular and we'll do vestibular assessment. Um, we'll look at some ocular movements, particularly those involved in gaze stability, but we'll screen for other ocular movements knowing that we may have to refer, especially issues around vergence um, and, and, and visual acuity, which are outside of our scope. Cervical spine becomes really important. For those of you who've been on balance and motor control course, we know we harp on about head control and head stability for function. Um, managing whiplash and whiplash injury, for, uh, which is common for as a as a contributing driver of persistent symptoms after concussion. Um, looking at exercise tolerance and autonomic functions, all these things become important. We're spreading the word about how to manage things in the acute phase, so recognition of brain injury, concussion, and what to do. The neurological symptoms, some of the issues around sleep, issues around anxiety and depression and knowing that we have to refer on. So getting the GP involved is really important. Getting psychologists involved is really important as well. Um, ocular movements, so again, we've got a good association with some orthoptists to look at that, but we've also got neuro-ophthalmologists, and I know in other places in the world, you've got behavioral optometrists who can assess these things. Autonomic uh, dysfunction, if it gets a little bit weird, we can, we're going back to the GP, we're looking at cardiologists looking into things as well, uh, exercise physiologists who have an interest in, um, in rehabilitating after head injury concussion uh, become important. Um, and when we see persistent autonomic things like postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, so POTS, um, some of these weird and wonderful things do need a little bit more specific testing with the right people. Auditory processing is something that's come up more recently in our practice and being able to refer uh, to the right people, to audiologists and people to assess those things. 
Um, and then also the musculoskeletal side of things. So we are often dealing with co uh, coexisting musculoskeletal injury. We know increased risk of musculoskeletal injury. So our, our relationship with sports physiotherapists, um, with exercise physiologists, with strength and conditioning coaches becomes really important as well. So it all sounds wonderful, doesn't it? We've got this beautiful, proactive, transdisciplinary and multidisciplinary approach, um, which we do. Um, and we're getting better at it. By no, we're by no means perfect, but we are learning a lot from the uh, other health disciplines that we get to um, uh, understand more about their role. And as our patients are getting positive experiences about working with these people, we build those strong that strong respect and relationships. Now, why is it then that you can see patients not with concussion, but you may see a patient sort of five, six years after um, you know a moderate to severe brain injury, and they've been through the rehabilitation. And this is not uh, just just for here in Australia. This is common stories we're getting from all around the world. Why is it that we don't look at all the same domains and the multimodal assessments that we that we we're harping on about and we're promoting with concussion. Why doesn't it necessarily occur with brain injury? And so we see we see patients with brain injury who have never had a vestibular assessment. They've never had their BPPV treated, for example. They haven't had their eyes checked um, and, and they haven't had auditory processing looked at more closely. Um, so they seem to have gone through a fairly basic medical model and then missing out on very important allied health professionals. And so why, how, can, how can that actually happen? And do you think that, you know, in, in the world of brain injury, the, the neurological rehabilitation world has been a little bit lackluster at, at times and it's a little bit overshadowed by medical emergencies, which are of course really important, but then we've, we've sort of fallen below an acceptable standard when it comes to recognizing whether we need the dizziness looked into a little bit further, whether we need the visual issues looked into a bit a little further, we need the neck, cervical spine looked at a little bit further because people have different skills and people have different assessment skills and we should be tapping into those things a little bit more often. Why are health professionals sometimes reluctant to refer on? And, you know, is it just ego? There's a bit of turf warfare. We find at the moment, um, as neurological physiotherapists in the concussion world, you know, that people say, oh, those physio, why, why, why are physiotherapists doing all this? Because there's there's a lack of understanding necessarily what it is we're actually doing and following the exact same guidelines as we would expect for any other aspect of care as well. So it's disappointing, but it also brings, it might help us lift the standards for brain injury care. And so I'm hoping, I'm very hopeful that in the world of um, improving concussion care, through multimodal assessments, early interventions, and, and managing persistent symptoms, the move away, for example, from post-concussion syndrome to talking about persistent symptoms so that those symptoms get investigated and followed up more closely in their own right. That healthy approach to managing concussion moves into the brain injury field as well 
to raise standards and to bring in better multidisciplinary and transdisciplinary working. You're not always going to come into a clinic where you've got everyone there under the one roof. So you're not always going to have your rehab physician. You're not always going to have your speech pathologist and your neurological physiotherapist and your audiologist there under the one roof. Of course, sometimes that does happen, which is great. But if you don't, you need to tap into different health professionals. And I suppose that's what we're hoping will happen with your brain health and the your brain health network which we've only just been trying to get the word out and we're hoping through the your brain health network we will try and get large lists of people all around the world who will have um, a special interest in a particular area of brain health and brain injury and concussion and knowing that we can start to build a, a respectful professional relationship did I say that right? Respectful professional relationship. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, between each other and we can cross collaborate. We can, t you know, when people inquire through the World Wide Web and social media, you can start directing to people who have a genuine interest in this area. Because I think in terms of large scale implementation, that's the only way to go. And we're not talking about interventions and treatments here with not with poor evidence or you know, while brain injury is having lots of grey areas, some of their evidence is actually very strong for managing things like, you know, balance and vestibular issues and ocular issues and early interventions for uh, mental health issues and sleep. There's, there's plenty we can do and all the little details matter in these situations. So I'm hopeful that we might spend a bit of time talking to people who work not in the concussion world, but in the traumatic brain injury world and see whether we can uh, understand how this proactive approach to concussion can sort of m move into the brain injury world um, perhaps more readily um, and we start to get a really proactive feel happening with those people with ongoing symptoms and ongoing issues so that when we're dealing with you know long-term symptoms, long-term disability, you've seen the right people early on and you've maintained relationships with the right people early on to help you through life um, because those allied, uh, those health professionals, not allied health professionals, just those health professionals are really important. So that's all I wanted to say today and it's just a welcome back for 2023 and I know it's late. We will talk next week about the concussion guidelines for the AFL. Um, we might even talk again about the grassroots concussion guidelines will come out after that. But we, uh, Liz and I, I think they're worth discussing um, as we are totally immersed in this concussion world. And the other thing we're going to talk about is red herrings, which is really enjoyable from a clinical reasoning point of view, talking about red herrings in the whole world of um, medical diagnostics and clinical reasoning, but particularly in relation to Neurorehabilitation, neuro we're going to talk about um, what is it about red herrings. And, some, and I'll just let you know some of my common red herrings that threw me early on, on in my career and some of the things to keep a lookout for going on in my career because red herrings uh, can be potentially really dangerous. And, and, but there's certainly, um, there's certainly a, a challenge that we have to uh, keep an eye on. So I'll leave it there. And I look forward to more 
podcast coming more frequently now that we're getting things back on track with advanced neuro education there's lots to share with you so we're really excited to to do that i'll um, speak to you soon see you later Thank you.